Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. All right. Well, super excited to have our next guest on the Niner Noise podcast. And you know him real well. It's Larry Kruger, kind enough to join us here on the Niner Noise podcast. Larry Kruger, of course, from KMPR fame. You've heard him over on ESPN Radio. Uh, right now, doing the Krug Show that you can check out on YouTube and Spotify. He knows his stuff inside and out with regards to not just 49ers, but of course, all across the NFL. So Larry, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. How are you doing? How's everything going? It's going great, man. I'm, I'm starting this YouTube venture and loving it. Um, getting a chance to, you know, really, you know, go back to, you know, uh, the kind of the beginnings when I did sports phone and I booked my own show and now I'm kind of booking my own deal and it's it's really gratifying and it's been a lot of fun so thanks for asking yeah absolutely and just for those people out there we'll tell it again but you got to check out the youtube channel it's definitely worth your watch and listen you might think you're a great sports fan a great 49ers fan you will be smarter because of it i guarantee that so larry let's jump right into it because obviously i don't think there can be a 49ers off season that's boring that's normal (laughs) it gives us plenty to talk about plenty to write about and obviously we spend a lot of time doing that but here we are thinking that all right the next course of action is going to be what happens with jimmy garoppolo then comes the nfl draft and then fine all right those are plenty of talking points as is but now we're at this whole impasse with debo samuel the social media scrub of all things 49ers you know is it a tactic is it really him being that mad you know, to me, the 49ers seem to have a lot of leverage here just because he's under contract and they don't really need to do anything now. But I mean, is he really painting the 49ers into a corner here? What's going on with this, especially in the wake with all these blockbuster contracts being issued out to uh, these other wide receivers across the league? You know, it's really hard to say because um, the 49ers, you know, this is a player that they have prioritized bringing back. And I'm sure they would like nothing more than to publicly maintain that they, they love him and he loves them and everything's hunky dory. 
But if you start to put the facts together, it looks like we could be on the verge of a DeForest Buckner part two situation. And when I say that, what I'm talking about is that look at what the NFL wide receivers are making right now. And they're getting, you know, some of these guys are getting $70 million guaranteed. Um, If you're Debo, you probably want to be in that exact neighborhood. And yet, and if you're going to be south of it, you want to be a little bit south of it, you know, 55, 60 million guaranteed. Then you look at the other side of things. The most guaranteed money the 49ers have ever issued is a number. It was to Jimmy Garoppolo and it was in the $40 million range or $35 million range. I believe Um, nowhere close to the $72 million that he potentially, I mean, some of these guys are getting 70 plus million dollars guaranteed. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. He probably wants to be in that category. Parag Marate is, is known as a really tough negotiator and has gotten some very 49er friendly contracts done through the years. Then you mix in the fact that the 49ers utilize this player as like their primary offensive weapon where he's a running back slash wide receiver. And that's muddied the picture and added to the urgency. I'm sure on the part of Samuel that he wants to get paid. Why? Because now he's subjecting his body to a lot more punishment. Um, And then you've got the situation with the 49ers. Well, if you're going to use this guy as a running back and you're literally going to use him the way they used him, which was on third and one and fourth and one running through the a gaps, you know, do you do you as a 40 as an organization want to invest 70 million dollars in a receiver that occasionally serves as a hammerhead fullback? Um, is that and, and who's also had soft tissue injuries dating back to his days in South Carolina? So I think the 49ers, if I'm reading this from afar, this is my read on it. Debo wants to be paid probably north of 60 million guaranteed. And the 49ers are thinking more like 35 or 45 million guaranteed in that range. And that's an impasse. That's a significant difference in opinion of value. And so I really believe that's what's going on right now. And that's why he's scrubbing his site because he sees that, that he's not going to get what he wants. And so he's, he's very frustrated by it probably and, and taking his discontent public. Um, while this is going on, you got a New York Jets team. It's the year three of Joe Douglas. Uh, he's six and seventeen or something like that in his tenure there. Um, he needs to win, and he needs to win now. And he's on record as saying that he wants to be hyper aggressive in getting there. They lost out on Tyreek Hill. They're all, they told their fan base, their passionate Jet fan base, they were going after Tyreek Hill, and then they didn't land him. So now that you're a failure, unless you either go land somebody else or abort the mission altogether. Um, So I could see them being interested in Debo Samuel and they're armed with six, uh, with four picks inside the top 38. Um, That's plenty of ammunition to get Debo Samuel. If you're John Lynch, you're a perfect, perfect spot. You know, Tyree Kill had problems off the field and was already costing the Chiefs a ton of money, and they'd already invested in Patrick Mahomes, so they didn't have anywhere to go. The Niners have Debo on the books for four and a half million bucks this year. They don't have to do anything. As you, you know, they can wait until a different time to extend him and manipulate the cap a different way. 
So I think John Lynch is sitting in an absolutely perfect spot to potentially rip off the Jets for maybe three out of their four, um, you know, day one and day two picks. And I think he may do it. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things I always consider when it comes to, to, to trade talks and whatnot. And, and this is something Kyle Shanahan alluded to as well, saying that it, it, anybody would be willing to take any, you know, if an offer is reasonable, you're, you're on the trade block. Anybody can be traded. It's, it's just a matter of what kind of returns there. You know, the one thing that might kind of you know, paint an interesting picture, obviously, with Jimmy Garoppolo still on the books, but if we're being honest and living in reality, he's, he's not going to be on the roster come week one, unless, of course, he takes a massive pay cut. But you're talking about a lot of money, you know, $25.5 that could be cleared up. And, and, and rolled over into a potential Samuel extension. Obviously, Nick Bosa needs to get paid at some point too. So that has to be you know factored into the mix. But when you think about teams like the Chiefs having to move on from Tyreek Kill, Devontae Adams being moved from the Packers, you know, those two teams have a lot of money locked up in quarterbacks for a while. You know, the 49ers are kind of in this luxury state of not luxury, but this state of, you know, as long as Jimmy G comes off the books it's Trey Lance on a rookie contract that's cheaper. So I think that might be a bit of a negotiating tactic, but you know, if, if you're the Niners, do you want to remove a weapon like Samuel you know, from Trey Lance's arsenal going forward? I mean, obviously you wouldn't, but if the net result in return from a team like the Jets, like you say, is that a route that you would want to take if you were John Lynch? It's really a tough decision because, as we all know, I mean, if you're a 49er fan, you know the story pretty well. They've invested about 25 picks in receivers since the year 2000. And for the most part, they've all been busts. You know, we could go down the list and name them. Everybody's got those names fresh at the ready. A.J. Jenkins, bust. Bruce Ellington, bust. Dante Pettis, bust. I mean – and we could go on and on and on and on and on. They've missed on other receivers as well. So now they've got one, right? Now they've got a great player. Now they've got one. Now they, they don't just have a great player. They've kind of shown the NFL what this whole new position looks like, this hybrid of a running back wide receiver. In some ways, I would compare Debo to like a Ricky Waters, which is ironic because Ricky Waters also got away in free agency. <laughs> Uh, or got away in free agency. We'll see if Debo does. But, um, you know, it's a very popular player. He's a very coveted player. And yet, by definition, the way you used him, and when you think about his skill set, I don't think it – you know, I debated this with Grant Cohn today. It's like, what is the smarter play? To pay him $70 million guaranteed or to trade him for a slew of picks? And we kind of decided that, you know, it's it pro- – I – decided that it was the picks um grant i think it's a little bit more on the fence but um i would take the picks i would take the picks now maybe i say that because i have confidence that i could make the right picks and so i think of myself making those picks you know where the niners have been hit and miss in the draft and they probably are you know they might hit 50 percent. so i don't you know it's scary you know you think if the two the people always talk about the herschel walker trade Oh, look what it did. Dallas got all those picks and they, and they turned them into, uh, you know, a, a core of a Super Bowl champion, a Super Bowl dynasty, maybe the best team of the 90s. The, the Rams did the same thing with the Eric Dickerson trade and got a bunch of picks from the Colts and struck out. 
or from, got a bunch of picks from the Rams. The Rams traded him to the Colts, and then the Rams took like Cleveland Gary and Frank Hawkins and all these guys. I mean, it they didn't wind up doing anything with all those picks they got for Dickerson. So you can trade an athlete, you can trade a star for picks, but you only win the trade if you can convert those picks into new stars. Yeah, and, and that's always kind of a, a, a tricky element because you, you don't, the draft is such a, a, a crapshoot, and we, we all know that and, and think that, oh, these players are great, and when we're doing scouting reports and saying, oh, this, this guy's going to be really good, this guy's something special, obviously we know, truth be told, you know, half of the first-round picks selected wind up not meeting expectations, not necessarily flaming out and going total bust, but at least, eh, you know, he didn't turn into the player we thought he'd be. So, you know, kind of switching gears on that. Let's say the 49ers hold on to Debo Samuel. In, in my opinion, this draft class, uh, you have a few of your top end picks, you know, they're, they're up there, you know, Hutchinson and, 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 and what have you. Kayvon Thibodeau, yeah. Yeah, Thibodeau. It, 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 but it's very fluid after that. You could look from 10 through 50 and, and 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 really see the draft going in a lot of different ways. Obviously, with the 49ers picking at 61 overall, and assuming they don't do some sort of blockbuster move that would involve a Debo Samuel, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to command much of anything in return, if at all. Uh <laughs> If, if you're sitting there kind of putting together a little bit of a big board for the 49ers saying, all right, who might fall to the back end of round two? What are some names that are popping out? Uh, who are some people that you would look at and say, that's a must-have player. That should be the guy who's number, top, number one atop the big board. Who's popping out into you right now? Well, you know, here's the thing. When you draft for need, you can sometimes swing and miss. When you draft best player available – you always feel like you're ahead of the game and you're kind of you're playing the draft the way it's coming to you. Um, there's always guys who slide and they and they they might slide just a round or two based on the NFL security report, based on the medicals, based on interview that you did with them at the combine and other teams did. There are reasons guys fall. So sometimes there's a guy at 61 that should have gone you know, 26 and he's there at 61. So I really think that that's the play always. Um, the guy that I'll be, I mean, you know, to me, there's a couple guys that I'm looking for one, you know, the, one of the biggest questions that John Lynch has to answer is what, what kind of safety best compliments Jimmy Ward at this year, next year and the year beyond, right? Because he's your other safety. So I would say the best safety that complements Jimmy Ward is a free safety who can cover the wide, cover the deep third and a cover three, because I would like to play Jimmy Ward, though he can play that spot as he ages. I'd like to play him closer to the line of scrimmage and he's a physical player as well. He could play that strong safety role um, at worst you would then have two safeties that both could cover the field and you'd be really fortified in what I think is the key position for teams to play a lot of cover three. So I like Nick Cross from Maryland um, quite a bit. He ran in the four threes. He's got good size. He's aggressive. He's healthy. Um, he's got some swagger. And I think he would be a plug and play day one starter at free safety and allow Jimmy to play strong safety and would give you coverage ability in a league where 
coverageability is is you know needed now more than ever. Yeah. So that's the guy I'd be looking at. The other position I'd be looking at would be um, running back because you know, many of the mock drafts that I've done, um, the Michigan State running back Kenneth Walker the third is still on the board, and he is a star. I mean, he's a star running back. And yeah, I, I I know running backs are devalued, and maybe you don't want them on their second deal. But man, I I think you lost something of significance when you lost Raheem Mostert. And if a, if the if a great running back, a Kenneth Walker the third, is on the board there, um, I'm gonna have a hard time passing that. And then there's the 49ers. And what do the 49ers do? They go defensive tackle and defensive line a lot. And the two names I'll be looking for would be one would be Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Now you say, well, there's no way Wyatt's going to be there. He's on the board in the teens or maybe in the early 20s. But Devontae Wyatt's got a little bit, some some other issues off the field that have to be checked out. And I it would not shock me if he fell out of round one into round two. The cleaner prospects tend to go in round one. <clears throat> His He's got great talent, but there are some things that need to be checked out. So he may wind up in round two and he may even be there in the fifties. And I could see them trading up for him. He's, he's a Kenny Clark type player. Um, he, he's strong enough to play on the nose against the run, but he gives you pass rush uh, ability. Uh, he's got a ridiculous motor and it's always revved high and um, he'd be a guy. And then Logan Hall from Houston is another guy. It's about six, five, about two ninety, And he's a little bit of a tweener. You know, he's might be a little narrow base to be an every down uh, D tackle against the run, but man, he, he's got such versatility and, you know, scheme versatility on these fronts. When you're changing your front from down to down and series to series, a guy like Logan Hall who can, you know, and the Niners love to play games up front and stunt guys and move guys. And man, I mean, that guy can, you can line him up outside and you can stun him in, you can line him up inside and stun him out. You know, he, he gives that line another big-time pass rusher guy that maybe commands a double team. So Wyatt and Hall and Nick Cross are the guys that I'd be looking at. And I guess there'd be one other. I'm a huge fan of N'Kobe Dean, and a lot of people think Dean's going in the teens. But then he's also small with short levers, and there's a chance because of the he doesn't fit the exact – NFL measurables as they like to see in inside backers that he could fall and he could fall around. He could fall, you know, a, a solid round in this draft. And it wouldn't shock me if he went 15, but it wouldn't shock me if he was there at 55. Yeah. It's really interesting how this, this draft is panning out. And, and, and I've been doing this for 10 years. You've been doing it for way longer and, and no way more than I would, but I can't recall too many drafts that are this fluid where you're seeing players that could go in the teens potentially fall to the end of round two. You know, one of the things that I've been trying to do here is, is take a look at the 49ers needs, mesh them with some of the actions and at least some of the targets and reports and free agency. I like your call on the safety move. And, and, and the reason being, I think Jaquaski Tart, him seemingly not coming back right now. That's a void that I think is going to be missed. And I know there's players like Colano, Hufanga, George Odom, primarily a special teams ace who came in, um, you know, Tarverius Moore coming back from that injury that he suffered, missed all last year. 
none of those guys really strike me as day one starters and, and, and who knows, you know, one season to the next, you never quite know, but the safety pick is something that jumps out at me. The, the importance that Tart had when he was healthy on the field, the last number of few seasons, that's something that I don't think is, is really picked up on. So you mentioned that, and then, you know, think about some of the cornerback needs that, 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 that more or less have been addressed with Charvarius Ward, but you know, what happens at nickel with Kawan Williams, you know, one of the players that I've been looking at a lot, um, Jalen Petre out of uh, Baylor, kind of a, a do it all defensive back, maybe available in round two, um, primarily a nickel guy, but moved around the formation. So obviously looking at those needs, but Shifting focus to the other side of the ball, are you as concerned as the offensive line interior as, as, as other people? I know that's a lot of, of comment threads and, and article message boards and, and 49ers Twitter that the interior of the O-line is going to be an issue. I was talking to Rob Louder um, about this a couple of weeks ago, and he was thinking that that might be the number one need. Feel the same way? Maybe not so much. I mean, obviously, Mike McGlinchey showed that video today, and he looks better, so that's good news. But what are your thoughts there? Well, I mean, I, I, it's a tough one because I this is one of the, another angle where it's always tough. Offensive linemen take time to take time to adapt to the league. It's not a it, you know your standards of success. What success in college are different. The NFL defensive linemen are so much more athletic um, that you can look relatively athletic in college and then get to the next level and you look like you're just a like you're a limited athlete who can't almost can't play. Um, what is Aaron Banks? What is Jalen Moore? You know, what kind of potential does Colton McKivitz have? Um, you know, they they had a they had a gold helmet designation on Colton McKivitz coming out in the draft. So they really liked him. They thought he was going to be a terrific player. And when they needed a key reserve last year, they went to Colton McKivitz and he kind of played pretty well. Then I'm looking at this line and I'm thinking, okay, well, the 49ers won a Super Bowl in 1981. They had Dan Audick at guard. He was like 258 pounds. They signed him off the street. Now, granted, they had Bob McKittrick. It was a different time. It was a different era. But the 49ers came one game away from going to the Super Bowl. They had Tom Compton at right tackle. So to say that, you know, I, I, if you don't have any good backs in this offense, I think you're cooked. But if you lose an offensive lineman outside of Trent Williams, you probably can plug somebody else in and, and keep going. So for that reason – I want to know, I mean, Jalen Moore looked good to me in the preseason last year. He played left tackle. He looked really good. And then suddenly he's not good enough to even go split the reps with Tom Compton at right tackle later in the year. I got to think Banks and Moore are going to be significantly better in year two. Um, and I so um, if you add them to the mix, I would imagine you've, and you've got Matt coming back and you got Trent Williams at left tackle. Um you know, I, I, I think that they could go offensive line and I, it would be nice to get a, a couple young players there in addition to what they have. But I don't look at that as the priority unless, you, you know, you know something I don't know. And McGlinchey is not going to be ever heard from again or Trent Williams has got a major injury or Mac is going to retire. You know, if any of those things are going to happen, then um, then maybe 
it, you know, I'm looking at offensive linemen day one or day two, but I mean, they don't even have a day one pick as we all, as we both know right now, but, but I'm just saying, I'm not even considering offensive linemen until day three. Um, I think there are other more pressing needs. I think you got pressing needs in the secondary. I think you got pressing needs on your defensive front. I think you got pressing needs at wide receiver at running back. Um, you know, I, I think they have more pressing needs than, than offensive line, because I think you could plug a veteran. I mean, what do you really need? Brunskill was your starter last year at right guard. Mac sounds like he's coming back and you, you, you have both Jalen Moore and McKivitz and, and Aaron Banks was a second round pick. So it banks, if Banks slates in at, at left guard and Max the center and Brunskill's the right guard and McGlinchey's the right tackle, are you, I don't know. I mean, w- and you have Jalen Moore and McKivitz on the bench. To me, you're only going to have eight or nine offensive linemen. I'd almost rather go the veteran route and plug in somebody who's ready to play, who could play off the bench, uh, and use my draft picks to find athletes on defense or playmakers for my offense. I think that would take priority in my mind. Hard to argue that, <laughs> and, you know, especially considering some of those defensive shortcomings. Obviously, the 49ers need a pass rusher opposite Nick Bosa. D Ford doesn't sound like he's going to come back and, or maybe not even play in the NFL again. Uh, the other guys who have brought in, uh, you know, Kerry Hyder coming back. I mean, those are rotational guys. And, and you look at some of these elite defenses, they have two pass rushers. And it's been the 49ers MO to focus a lot of first round picks on the trenches. I mean, how many years have we seen it under Lynch and Shanahan? So yeah, I, I, I could see some of those other needs really pop into the surface, of course, not neglecting the secondary, but then potentially even going, as you said, like what happens if you find a, a standout running back who's just sitting there, you know, Elijah Mitchell was great last year. He also got hurt a lot and, and it, it, not the same player as Mostert. Mostert, way better in my opinion when he was healthy so i definitely see that and uh it's going to make for an intriguing draft i know i can't wait for it i at this point especially when you're getting down to 61 overall you really have no clue what the what the whole course of action is going to be for san francisco it'll be intriguing well larry i i I can't thank you enough for coming on um tell us real quick What's going on over on the Crook Show? What do you got going on here pretty quickly? You know, the Crook Show's going really, really well. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of Giants, Niners, 49, um, and Warrior content, a lot of NFL draft stuff. I did a video uh, the, this week on how I think Danny Gray at SMU and D'Angelo Malone, the Western Kentucky defensive end, really fit the speed profile that they're looking for. And they met with both those guys in advance of the draft, but yeah, go on to YouTube and, and type in the Krug show. Um, we'd love for people to subscribe. I've been doing a lot of post game shows, you know, so I've been like, you know, coming on after the giants game um, and talking about the game and, and we're taking video calls and we've got some outstanding guests. We had Mark Sweeney, of the Padres. I plan on doing it during football season. I'm going to do it during basketball season for the pl- basketball playoffs. So we're kind of settling into that post-game live stream uh, role on YouTube and then doing some incredible videos as well. And so far, so good. I mean, we've had over 100,000 views in less than a month. Uh, we've got, you know, a couple sponsors and more on the way and uh, a lot of really cool associations that we've already announced and a couple that we have yet to announce. So uh, a lot of really good things, and we're trying to just produce – you know, good content. So if you're a Niner fan, uh, go to the Crude Show on YouTube and um, and subscribe. 
and hit that notification button so you can be alerted anytime uh, I make new videos or put out new content. But it's been a ton of fun. Yeah, I'll tell you, 49er fans, even when you're San Francisco Giants fans, Warriors fans, doesn't matter. You're you're smarter for watching this. <laughs> Trust me on that. You are actually educated beyond belief. So you can find Larry over on Twitter um, at SportsLarryK. Be sure to give him a follow. Check out The Crude Show. It's on Spotify. It's over on YouTube. And Larry, I can't thank you enough again. It's awesome. Always appreciate talking with you and looking forward to running in with you again here soon. Hey, anytime. Just shout shout at me and I'll come on anytime. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.